episode 27 of the 90 Day Win podcast. This is Sandy B, your host, and we are talking to a goal getter today who believes life is a farm. His name is Ross Kofi. He is the farmer at Shamba ATL. And so you will get to hear why he believes life is a farm. Episode 27 on the 90 Day Win podcast. Come get your wins every 90 days. I am so excited to share with you the 90 Day Win Podcast, where we talk to regular people living their goals, achieving their goals a quarter at a time. Hello, I am so excited today because we have a special guest here and I want him to introduce himself. Hello, Ross Kofi. Can you tell everyone about you and about what you do? (laughs) Sister Sandra and to the family the audience. I'm grateful for the invitation to be here with you today, first and foremost. Yes. Always looking forward to um, to talking about winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, as you said, my name is Ross Kofi. I am um, a son of the soil. I'm from Guyana, South America. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm fundamentally a farmer. And that's something that is a very tangible, physical profession, if you will, uh, as well as just a function in life. I also have been recording music that is a reflection of my culture and my life experience for about 30 years now, since um, youthful days. Because I'm really only 25, so even when I was in my mama's womb, I was recording music. Um, And... You know, really, first and foremost, a father, a father of four children and several other, I was going to say many children, but several other youth that I've been very blessed to have a, an intimate hand in raising, you know, I can call my son and uh, my daughters and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. Yeah, well, I have to tell the audience, I know you from music, being um, involved here in the Caribbean community here in Atlanta and seeing you at different events, a lot of your actual events. And so I know you as the man walking around with the cutlass. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. And that's, uh, yeah, that's... That's part of the our testimony, you know. That's part of our testimony. <laughs> one of the one of the other things too is tell me a little bit about your history as a teacher. Mm. Well, my history as a teacher starts with my parents, my DNA, you know, my my, my grandparents, my family on both sides, and particularly uh, after you know the first generation back on my on my mother's side. Mm-hmm. I'm really teachers, you know? So I could say something, I, I start with that because those are the roots and that's that would be the only proper way to answer, you know, what my approach to teaching and my, you know, my love for teaching is all about. Naturally, as many children do, I ran away from that calling. Last thing I wanted to do was what my and I, I must say very clearly that my parents never made me feel any kind of pressure or anything like you have to do this. Yeah. It wasn't that, but the last thing in the world I wanted to do was be a teacher. 
like my parents, you know, and be grading papers on on vacation time and all that kind of stuff. It just didn't. Plus, I wasn't into school at all. I was a real rebel. <laughs> my parents are these teachers that in Guyana and in three other continents, and there were four other continents, have taught so many people, you know, and helped to raise so many people to, you know, a cultural and intellectual standard. Their firstborn son was a straight-up rebel, probably <laughs> because of all of that, you know. So teaching, it came to me in a very organic way, you know, uh, after college. You know, I would be doing certain stuff. I remember even going to college. I went to school in high school in a primarily white community, okay. you know, like a white school, you know, uh, during high school. You know, after my first my first year in, in Southern California, I was given the opportunity to, <laughs> to act right. And, you know, I was attracted to the street life. So my mama took me out of that real quick, you know. Yeah. So all that to say, I, it was in college that I really found my voice. And all this is important because it, I think it's a really significant, so many significant lessons. Yeah. Uh, ultimately for us to be able to win in anything, we must be, first of all, it must be us, right? So it's only going to be us when it's us showing up as our authentic selves. So I started finding my voice in college and I remember doing a few lectures and everything, but I never thought about classroom teaching. But it was always kind of there, you know, them things, them, them thoughts, those notions that may come to you. And you can now trace back 20, 30, 40 years later and say, boy, I was always thinking about that, you know, but I always kind of suppressed it or just ignored it or whatever. Yes. Um, so after college, uh, with the degree that I had in mass communications, I was in uh, Atlanta. Uh, I started a family and was really looking, you know, for work. And I spoke to somebody, and this is all the time my parents, my, my mama especially, may God be pleased with her. She's an ancestor now. She's telling me all the time, you know, get a minor in education, get a minor in education. And the last thing in the world, I, I can't omit that part. So I was also a little stubborn. I didn't listen to mama, you know. So, <laughs> you know, and you know how that go when you don't listen to mama. So, yes. you know, um, long story short, I became a teacher in the Atlanta public school system. And wow, from the first day, it was just like, this is what I was supposed to be doing all my life, you know, uh, working with young people in a real, what they call the hood situation, you know, yes. um, you know, excellent youth who just have all the spirit of life, but have been told lies about themselves all the time and now believe them lies, you know, Yes. So even in terms of how they apply themselves, you know, as scholars or anything else is going to reflect that. And I was able to be very effective, you know, um, according to their feedback and the general school, you know, uh, community feedback. I, I taught English for the most part, but also did, I taught ninth and 11th grade English, but also did mass communications, also taught history for some time, okay. um, American history. So. That's the long and short of it. You know, teaching for me is a beautiful uh, communion. You know what I mean? It taught me so much about myself. The only thing that's taught me more about myself, like I say, in terms of a profession or a way of life or whatever, a habit, is farming. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I have been able to observe you, like I said, in a setting where you're doing music 
and then also get to experience some of the activities that take place at Shamba. So you can, can you tell us a little about Shamba and what you do there? At Shamba, uh, I'm the co-owner alongside Queen Yin. Yes. Uh, who you know, uh, Yaninga Adanya. And primarily my work is on the farm. You know, I'm the farmer. I'm the head farmer. Yeah. You want to call it that. Uh and uh, yeah, we grow food. We grow seasonal food, but we also and we also grow community. You know, uh, it's because as we say, life is a farm. Yes. And even though it's a hashtag and everything, and we got merch and it's popping, it's it not. Popping. It's not for trendy. It's not trendy. It's not based on. It's just saying that that it just that's going really drawing back to my roots as um, an English teacher. You know, it's a it's a metaphor. You know, mm. um, that. Is a really serious part of our culture. Naturally, we have, a, as African people, Indigenous people, we have a very colorful, descriptive, you know, culture. So, you know, our language reflects that. So, we grow natural in food. We grow seasonal food. We are beginning now to resume classes. Both Queen Yen and I are again natural teachers, and we do a lot. Queen Yen already has a lot going on in terms of classes here at Shamba um, that were that are I would say launched from here at Shamba. You know, most of them are online, but mm-hmm. there are many different services that she offers. You know, and and, and um, all of this is about cultivating the soul. You know, cultivating the human potential. But it's the same thing we're doing on the outside at the farm, uh, and it's really no separation in it in, in that sense is a dis, two distinct businesses but at the same time uh they're they're like twin towers you know in terms of certain natural marriages you know and music and farming for instance is one of them you know yeah. spirituality and agriculture is another one you know what i mean that's just, again life is a farm so we have various activities you know we also provide the space as an event space you know, we have uh, outside some features that we're even working on right now for the for the cool season, but shade houses and hoop houses, hot houses, so we can extend our seasons. We have rocket stoves, just basic things, you know, rainwater catchment, basic things to model in a very natural way sustainability, you know. The rocket stove is not just something that's kind of fresh because it's outside, but it's something that takes less wood, and, and works in a vacuum manner and can 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 assist you in cooking your food off the grid, you know? Um, and it takes less material, you know, it's more efficient, you know? Um, the rainwater catchment, same way. Rainwater is like mother's milk, you know? The tap water would be like some kind of formula, you know? There's no dick to anybody who use formula, but we know the difference in terms of the nutrition and the, that 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 innate that connection that cannot cannot even fully be described by a human uh, you know by by the human mind you know what I mean with yes. the mother and the child so that's the rain same way so yeah in a nutshell that's what we do we are a gathering spot we are um, a cultural water hole if you will uh, we are the shamba shamba is is a literally a Kiswahili word, which means cultivating ground. And yes. I would say that's what we are in any way you want to see that in terms of 
the development of our culture, our first culture, agriculture, our food, as well as our soul. You know, so we say we 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 love to nurture soil and soul here at the Shamba. Yeah, and I am a beneficiary of that cultivating. I think that, and I love to um, tell everyone about Shamba because it is such a it's such a special place. I've heard so many people say when they come that this place is divine. I truly believe it is. And so you guys, you and Queen Yen and the other people there, you really um, take great effort in making sure that once people are there, they have opportunities to learn. You teach so much, just even on the Saturdays when you're walking around the farm and you're talking to different visitors and making sure they get what they need. Why is it so important that we have the belief that we can actually grow our own food? Why is that so important to you? Oh, wow. Uh, Great question. Thank you. Fundamentally, because growing our food is one of the first and the most intimate acts of divinity that that shows that we are indeed made in the in the image of our creator as we say we are you know and it's beautiful because it from seed to meal mm-hmm. it is the whole process is just packed with such <laughs> i would say grace such mercy such wow compassion such beauty yeah um, such science you know, science in many different ways, you know what I mean? Um, everything, the science of life, you know. So you start with, I would say beyond belief, the, the word belief, is, and I don't want to get into semantics, but yeah. I would more even say a knowledge, Okay. Uh, you know, a vision, a clear vision, you know. Um, and when you're planting the seed, that's the science. If you know you're planting a beans or you know you're planting a collard greens or you know you're planting broccoli or whatever, literally as we're sowing the seed, we visualize this this plant flourishing. We visualize what the broccoli plant looks like when it's huge. It's the same way conscientious people do when they make in love and they give they 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 they're attempting to make children. You know, the same thing visionaries do when they're planning a city or whatever. You know, you start with the end in mind, so to speak. Okay. And um, really feel after it, really feel after it. So after after you plant that seed, with clarity, with a with a with a with a joyful heart, with a with a with a clear vision of how you want it to be. And if it don't come at first, that shouldn't be something that dissuades you. I'm just telling you a little bit of what may be attractive to someone in terms of yes, yes. Feeling, feeling powerful. You know, we we need to be able to feel powerful. And how about feeling powerful? What what a, what a, what, a, what a merciful thing it is that we have the ability to feel very powerful in a way that does nothing but good. Yeah, you know, nothing, not 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 a powerful, not a, not a, a, a misused sense of power where we're attempting to dominate another soul or something, you know, yeah. or or a, a power that's based on the egoic world and all that kind of stuff. So there's the power to create, you know, to create life in that sense. Um, so we take the seed, we drop it in the ground with vision, yeah, and then we nurture it. It takes mindfulness. It takes 
presence. Mm-hmm. And if it takes that, it also gives that. It also learns, it teaches that, you know? So that's the benefit of it, you know? So this is not a thing that we have to think about, well, I need to have all these prerequisites. I want to make sure I make that point clear. Like you have to have all these prerequisites before you're ready to garden. Not at all. We have all the prerequisites already just by being born and having, you know, sound minds, thanks to the creator and, and willing hearts. And we're coded already. We're coded with our DNA. We're coded with a certain connection to the land because she's our mother, you know? Mm. Um, so all of that, you know, you, you nurture the plants. You watch them. You, you look for the weeds around them. You cultivate around them, meaning loosen up the soil. You know, loosen up the soil. It's like exfoliating the skin, you know, nice. so that nurture, n- n- uh, nourishment can come in. So all of this process, all the way to watching it grow and 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 knowing when to feed it different things, just almost like you're raising a child. You know, you give baby food, then later on, you know, you, they they eat, as they say, meat, even if it's not flesh. You know, metaphorically <laughs> speaking, you're ready for some. Some bigger food. Your your digestive your digestive system is stronger and can process more, you know, because your body needs more and therefore. So all of this is the same thing with farming in terms of growing food, fertilizing, feeding them, you know, and caring for them in every way. And then we have the harvest. Wow, that's a that's a feeling that is really hard to describe in words. Hmm. You know, but I know everybody, everybody. One thing I can say with surety without checking in and doing a poll, you know, is that everyone who has grown something from the seed or something in their hands has a very joyful feeling. Yeah. That fruit, if it's just one tomato on your balcony or a field full of collard greens for your family at the, at the holidays. Yeah. You know, anything in between. Even if it's just some herbs and some microgreens on your on your windowsill, mm. you know something that's low light and just you know you can eat some lettuce and you eating lettuce from your own hands every other day, yeah, you know, just from your windowsill, or it's you know a community garden in the neighborhood where four or five families or even starting with two or three came together and say you know we got this plot that. They ain't doing nothing with for 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 such and such time. It's been empty. Let's repurpose this pot until the people come for it. Or somebody has a backyard big enough, and everyone, you know, wherever it is, yeah. the point is, we have the power to grow food, and that's not just some kind of. Uh, I would argue respectfully that that's not some kind of random kind of power, like you know. Some people may have, and nothing's really random, but you know, something that's not fundamental to life. Hmm. Growing food is fundamental to life, yeah. you know? And I don't like to speak from the perspective of reaction to what is going on in the world, in the political world. Mm-hmm. However, wisdom shows us that we must trust in God and tie our camels, so to speak, you know? Yes. So another perspective that adds to the importance um, is that who control the food control the population? Hmm. That's deep. I don't think I need to even spell that out for anybody why that is or how that you know yeah. who control the food control the population. So even if 
this year, last this year in 2019, September 2019, we were fast asleep, or maybe not fully aware of how things can go and how things can flip in the, in the, in the, at the drop of a dime. Now we are all living in a world which has dramatically changed. So we don't need to be convinced about the, the possibility of dramatical change and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And even though, again, I wouldn't want to put that forth as the main uh, impetus, you know, as the main uh, motivation, but sometimes your back against the wall motivates some people too, you know? So it is what it is. Yeah. But we are living in a new world, which immediately requires for us to control our food source as much as possible, control the potency and the medicinal uh, value of our food. We don't control that in terms of making the gene something different. That's something different. We control that by by tapping into what has already been given to us. Yes. You know, there's food all over the place. And I could, just please stop me. I don't want to be long-winded, but I mean, there's food all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like natural food. I, mean, I, don't, I don't just mean the callaloo and the broccoli and the cocoa and the pumpkin and the squash and the carrot and the beets and the corn and the peppers and all them things that we grow, you know. That's what I call domesticated food. Okay. There's also so much wild food growing. The same callaloo yes. is, is known as amaranth, and it grows wild in this region. Every year it just comes back. And the thing about that food is that that's some of the most nutritious food. It's much more nutritious than the domestic food, domesticated food. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the other thing about it is that learning to grow, yes, also, really learning to identify what's growing around us abundantly. I think this is one of the main um, signs and lessons and jewels of this time. And as you know, Queen Yen coined this phrase, say, relax and receive. Yes. And that's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. This is a way for us to relax and receive and to, again, get into the flow of life. This global lockdown has done that, even by force. We, we're very aware that in the economic world, you know, in the way the, 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 the political, the social, political, economic structure is, people who do not have a lot of resources, they feel the biggest brunt, you know? So I'm, I'm acknowledging that. And at the same time, things have to get to that to get better. Because that's what gives people the impetus to make a change, you know. So here we are. We're here. And we've been forced to, into a different reality that you can't blame on no man. Yeah. So that's enough of a sign to say, well, okay, well, what are the fundamental things again? How can I really get into the flow? And how can I just observe the birds and the bees? And, the, mm. you know, we say we are the masters of creation. We say we the... You know, if you're a Muslim, you say you're the Khalifa or the vicegerent or, you know, we are kings and queens and all this kind of stuff. So if the bears and the birds and the sparrows and the squirrels, you know, even if they get a little stressed because they're in the middle of all this construction now, so their habitat is being moved, if they can really thrive in this world without stressing themselves out, <laughs> then what about us? And so if that's a possibility, 
then the next question would be, what is the formula? Where are the caves and the groves where these treasures can be found? <laughs> you know, you know where do you look to? Is it your mama's lap? Is it the farm? Is it at the church? Is it at the beach? Well, it could be all of the above, you know? Yeah. And so, but but just the, the key is just recognizing that. So we're talking about farming today. So I would say definitely that's a fundamental thing. That's something that can't be put on the back burner because we will get to that later. If we can't eat well, we're not going to, our, 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 our structures are not going to fare well, especially in such a toxic environment. Definitely. But, but in a, an affirmative way, I'd rather speak in an affirmative way when we plug into the formula. We are mm-hmm. unstoppable. We're unstoppable. We're unbeatable. I believe that. So something about Shamba and family, but specifically, I've been observing, I think it's something about the the kids that come there. It's mm. such a sight to see the kids running around and them asking you questions and them learning different things. It seems as if the energy from the educators that uh, quite a few of you guys that work there are educators. Mm. So it's like the energy there is drawing the children out. What do you think about that? Definitely. That's, um, I mean, I would say, first of all, I have a smile on my face because I'm grateful because that's one of those uh, very universal signs that we're on the right track. Yeah. You know, because, um, I mean, so for so many reasons. First of all, just energetically, you know. Children love to be where it's pure, and we, we would like to to perpetually nurture a pure love vibe, you know. Yes. Um, that's, that's, that's first and foremost. That's fundamental. So families are, are, are very comfortable here, you yeah. know. Families feel very comfortable here. Um, and children in particular... Again, this ecosystem is so vibrant. One of the other benefits of the lockdown yeah. was that because people were not traveling as much and there was just so much, there was such a dramatic ease of the technological and the you know, fossil fuel and all this other kind of stuff, stress that is always muted on our mama every day in this environment. Yeah. So, so many things came back. And we're, we're finally having like more regular seasons this year, if you notice. We had like a real summer and then autumn feeling like autumn, you know? Yes. And all that kind of way. That. That's just because that's based on a little small forced lockdown. Wow. You know, you're hearing all these things about animals um, reappearing places where they haven't been for a while and yes, yeah. waterways and all of that. Well, the Shamba is a, is a macrocosm of the microcosm. Wow. So this is an environment, this is an ecosystem that has been nurtured lovingly by beautiful souls for about 11 years now. Blessings. You know, um, and before, and even fundamental to that, it was given to the community in a sense, you know, it was made available for the community, um, for our people by a very intentional black mother, you know, who... Mama Melinda Williams, she's now an ancestor. Okay. But who whose direct request and 
directly stated intention was to have a place for black farmers to grow food as well as black people together. Nice. So it's already in the DNA. Like your name's Sandra and you're born on such and such a day. And when you look at that numerically, numerologically, that gives you a real clear imprint of at, at least a very divinely inspired gift that you have, you know? So that's what that's what the shamba is, and I think that's why the children love it so much. They have room to run, man. It could be natural. It's safe space. It's safe, you know. Yeah, it's safe yeah. and free. So yeah, that's that's what we are. It's just, you know, I may be partial, but when I go there and I look around and I see the faces and just the joy that the older people may have to the youngest child there rolling around in the grass. You know, it's, it's not too many places you can say that all these different generations can come together and just be joyful, hear music, you know, get good food, eat good food. We didn't even talk about Oyun Marketplace. So there's so many things that you guys have put together and offer. And in my opinion, you allow for us in this time, our community in this time to believe in ourselves, to come get some fresh air, to come know that this is a safe place, even though so many things are occurring around us. I remember one Saturday I was there, had yoga, meditation, great day. I'm coming home and I get a text, a WhatsApp text from Jamaica asking if we're okay here in Atlanta. And I had no clue, no clue. Because when you're there, when I'm there, I'm I'm in this world, but I'm I'm on the next level. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Give thanks. Give thanks. That's that's the mission. That's the mission. And and to be honest, you know, as you said, both Queen Yen and I are teachers in that sense. And um, naturally, the the ultimate mission is to show that this can be done as an example so it can be duplicated yes. in, our, in our homes, in our, in our minds, Ugh. you know, because it's the culture. Yeah. The, one, the culture, you know, we're talking about the framework in which we view the world, with which we view the world, you know, mm-hmm. you know, our ways and mores, as they say, you know, how we interact with people, what are our protocols as relates to community life and to, you know, family life and to business life and to, spiritual world and you know and how all those things interface all of that is culture how do we how do we adorn ourselves you know how do we make use of the 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 the, the stimuli around us the natural stimuli you know that the, the, the things that in, invoke the, the the various senses yeah and the five main senses and all the eyes we have you know all of that so ultimately the goal is to inspire that um you know that 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 to to look at this whether you look at it as a model for a physical um, energy you want to establish a lot of people are returning to the land whether you look at it metaphorically whether you look at it you come and see all the different points of light and the different points of energy yeah and look at that as a metaphor for your own life you know Mm. um Nana Bafour Asa Hilliard, who is 
very special to the foundation here at, at Shamba, you know, very special to the foundation of Shamba. He used to teach people to model their instruction in their classroom the way they just established their classroom, the physical layout when at all possible to be manipulated as well as just the whole order of things after a village, after the, a classical African village where there's this that's in the center and this is on the outskirts and it all plays a place. Nowadays, people get fancy and they try to call it permaculture, which is a new term, you know, and it's all good, but it's something that's just been coined by some people somewhere that in some ways uh, is is used to eclipse to eclipse the influence of the indigenous world, you know? Um, you know, people people all the time co-opt our culture, you know what I mean? Yes. And make it into something that's a Fortune 500 business. You know, we come with open hands and that's, you know, that's one of them things that's a whole nother conversation. I think that even, not necessarily to date this interview, but people are looking there right now with the the, the, the political climate, you know, and the, the elections and all that are, are, are taking place. You know, so my whole point is just that uh, we have the ability to look at models in each other, and it's just a blessing to be able to serve in that capacity and have a whole lot of fun while we're doing it. Totally. <laughs> totally have a lot of fun. Well, I enjoyed this interview and I have to ask you that you have to come back on again to the podcast because I enjoy learning from you. I, I, every time we talk, you give me a nugget. I may not tell you, but I, I keep that to, research and ask questions and to understand. So I appreciate that innate teacher in you that's always teaching and always, you know, around the farm there with a smile to answer questions, whether I'm trying to figure out, is this mint? What is this? (laughs) You know, so many of us are learning and taking the opportunity to say that we want to make the changes in our family. So I appreciate you and Shamba on the farm, Oyun Ministries. It's just a blessing to know that I can go somewhere where I can touch a Black farmer and know that he has put the care in to make sure those seeds, he has that vision, right? So I know that I'm getting those nutrients coming from the ground that's been handled by my people. And I don't know that I've ever been able to do that besides when I would be at my grandma's house, right? A lot of us, you know, haven't experienced that. So I think it's important that we talk about that and we talk to people like you so we can continue to educate ourselves. I give thanks for life, you know, and thank you for the work that you're doing. Congratulations on your book release again. And I'm just grateful, you know, because we're, Ram Dass, the philosopher, said something so profound one time that my sister repeated to me which is that we're all walking each other home, you know? So if we could just even look at that perspective as we function in our communities, in our families, in our village, it, it, it nurtures a, even a deeper appreciation of the little things. And also, you know, the, the unique beauty 
and gift that every soul brings to the cipher. Yeah. Thanks for you. Thank you. So can you tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you? Mm, well, I'm also on the radio, I forgot to mention. So one way to touch base with us is every Thursday from 2 to 4 p.m. on WRFG 89.3. Our show is called The Global Drumbeat, The Ancestral Rock. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, right now we have Shamba Reasoning. So it's another way to even touch base with the Shamba because the interviews are conducted at the Shamba out, you know, in the mint bush or somewhere else in front of the sunflowers when they were in season or wherever. And so we just reasoning in the earth and talking about the things that we've been covering, you know, whether it's politics and spirituality and health and wellness and relationships and numbers and herbs and Wulipa music, you know, anything that relates to our culture. So that's one way. And then also on the Instagram, our website, our, our IG handle is shamba.atl. S H A M B A dot ATL. I'll take you there and then you can get us everywhere else we are as well. You know, just um, check out the link in the bio and everything. But um, yeah, with even with with our music and all that kind of stuff, it, would, it will get you the, the services that Oyun Ministries offers to the world and various initiatives and various um, jewels in terms of videos and, you know, podcasts like your own. Um, everything, uh, you know, and also the, the produce that is for sale and the merch that we have available. We have a whole line of autumn drip coming out that I'm very excited about. <laughs> very excited about that. You know, that's something that this farming has led me to be, uh, I would say, a one who is a, 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 a budding fashion designer, you know, just inspired by the earth. <laughs> So it's just a lot. It's a lot. But that's where you can reach us, shamba.atl, and that will take you everywhere else. Just follow the link in the bio, and definitely we'll have you link up with us and the works that we continue to do. Also on Saturdays, yes. the day that we can link up in person um, at the Shamba, we have Family Wellness Saturdays, which is right now from 11 to 5. The hours may mod modify just a little if it gets into a deep winter, but from 11 to 5 right now, we're outside and inside, as you mentioned, the Oyun Marketplace and outside many vendors and all kind of attractions in terms of that sustainable life, you know, family yeah. life. So that's where you can link us. Definitely. So I just have to plug for myself to tell you that, you know, I absolutely love Shamba and I encourage anyone, if you're in Atlanta or if you're visiting Atlanta, you want to come to Shamba. It's in College Park. It would be worth the trip. It is just an awesome place like we just talked about. So if you're in town, you need to come check out Shamba and you just ask for the farmer or Queen Yen and you'll get whatever you need, right? <laughs> straight like that, straight like that. Sister Crystal, is our market manager as well. So she's always on board and really, you know, yeah. um, in that tradition of the African market woman, you know, which is really the governor of, a, of an economy, the governor of, you know, the market women in traditional culture, let me just say this before we seal, is like a head of state. Lovely. You know? And uh, that's something, again, that we, we are very intentional about and grateful to model here at the Shamba. Yes. yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on the show and we look forward to having you back again. 
Are you ready to ignite? Are you ready to ignite the goal getter within? The book is out on Amazon and you should get it. Here's why. So many of us talk about the goals and the dreams that we want to accomplish, but somehow we lose our spark. We lose the fire within. This book is encouraging you to get that fire, to stay lit and continue to burn for your dreams and your desires because life is too short for us to be complaining and to be in situations that are unfulfilling. I share my goal-getter story with you. I'm Sandy B, and I encourage you to get the book so we can have conversation and you can think about your life and your dreams and your goals and what you truly desire and how you can do it in 90 days. And I show you how I've done it and how I encourage you and others to do the same. 90 Day Wins, Ignite the Goal Getter Within book on Amazon. You can get the ebook, paperback, or you can get the audiobook. But don't delay. Go get your book so you can begin your journey to wins. Ignite the Goal Getter Within. Why not? Do it.